Today I'm speaking to your message and I call it the superiority of the spirit. I want you to tell somebody the spirit is superior to the flesh. There is a very serious war in every human being's life. And that is the war between the spirit and the flesh. Jesus says something in John 6, 63. He said, it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profiteth nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And I'm going to be preaching this one verse of scripture. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, if it is the spirit that quickens and the flesh profits nothing, then it means the spirit is superior to the flesh. I want you to touch somebody's hand and tell the person, your spirit is stronger than your flesh. Okay. If the Bible says it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. Then we must start wondering, why is our flesh so strong? Because if you look at many people's lives, you may think the flesh is stronger than the spirit. In fact, many of us, if you are feeling sleepy right now, you will struggle to stay awake. But if the spirit is stronger than the flesh, then why are you sleeping? Many of us here, if you are hungry, you will find it difficult to control the hunger. But the spirit is supposed to be stronger than the flesh. If you are provoked, you will find it difficult to control yourself. But the spirit is supposed to be stronger. And I'm praying that by the time I finish teaching, your spirit will discover its strength and begin to rule over your flesh. Okay. Now it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Look at the way Paul puts this thing. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, the verse number 16 and 17, Paul said, This I say then, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you will. This I say then walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. One to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. So what the Bible is talking about is that the spirit and the flesh are contrary. Your spirit and your flesh are at war. They will never agree. They will never become friends. They are irreconcilable. You cannot bring them together. The spirit and the flesh are opposite. They are antagonistic to each other. And Paul is saying they are at war. The spirit lusts against the flesh. And the flesh also lusts against the spirit. Therefore, the Holy Ghost who lives in us is constantly fighting against the flesh to subdue it. And the flesh is also constantly fighting to break away from the influence of the spirit. And these are in constant struggle. Preachers are struggling to overcome the sins of the flesh and the sins of the spirit. 
When we talk about the sins of the flesh, we are talking about things like gluttony. That is too much eating. Too much eating is a sin. They call it gluttony. Um, drunkenness. Fornication. Everybody say gluttony. Everybody say drunkenness. And everybody say fornication. I want you to shout these three are one. Come on, shout it. These three are one. <laughs> In the world of sin, there are three that bear record. Gluttony, drunkenness, fornication. And these three are one. It is impossible to become a gluttonous person without becoming a drunk. That is why Jesus was walking about on earth and the people accused him. They said, this is a man gluttonous and a wine biber. Too much eating and drinking will go together. And by the time drinking comes in, womanizing and manizing. Because there is woman, if there is womanizing, then there is manizing. When you see a woman who is given to alcohol, she is likely to commit adultery or fornication. If you see a man who is given to alcohol and food, he's likely to be in adultery and fornication. These three go together. We call them the sins of the flesh. But then the sins of the flesh are not the only things that trouble us. We have something also called the sins of the spirit. And those are things like witchcraft, pride, envy, Bitterness, witchcraft, pride, envy, bitterness. These are the wars that take place in preachers, in believers. And believers find it difficult to cope with these things. But when Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profited nothing, what he was giving us is that we have the assurance that we can win the war against the flesh. When he says the flesh profited nothing, what those words mean is that the flesh has no advantage. That can mean two things. Number one, following the things of the flesh will not bless you, will not make you happy, will not give you fulfillment. But it also means following the things of the flesh. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12 to 13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. There has no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. That you may be able to bear it. Whenever the Bible says, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Many believers interpret that scripture to mean if you don't don't ever say I cannot fall. Because to err is human. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. So be careful. But I tell you, people, there should be a time in your life when you know there are certain things you can never do. You should be able to sit down and tell yourself, I will never drink alcohol. I will never fornicate. I will never commit adultery. I mean, this is fundamental. It's, it's fundamental to your Christianity. For you to be sitting here, not sure whether you can steal or not. It's a very serious thing. But I know that there are people here today 
who if they are living the next 80 years, they will never commit adultery. They will never drink alcohol. They will never fornicate. They will never steal. Because you have gone past that. You've repented. You see, you will never commit idolatry. You will never bow down to an idol. You will never tie a talisman to your waist. Apart from your husband, you will never sleep with another man. Apart from your wife, you will never sleep with another woman. This is basic. You know it. It's in your spirit. But whenever some people read these scriptures, wherefore let him not think that he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. What they say, ah, then you cannot be sure. You can't be sure. The Bible says you should be careful. That is not what the Bible meant at all. Whenever you read a scripture, read the verse that comes before that scripture and the ones after, then you can understand it well. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the verse number 12 is the one that is saying, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. But the verse 11 talks about the examples that are written for our sake. He said, these things are written for our example. Now, these things happen unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now, if some people went ahead of you and they fell and they are written for your examples. When I used to study in school, whenever an example is given, the example is given so that you will get it correct. That means something fell and you don't have to fall. David fell and you don't have to fall. Because you have seen what happened to another person. And you know how to walk. So when he says, wherefore. Now, now, just after this verse. Verse 12 now says, wherefore. That means, based on the example of the people that fell. Wherefore, let him that taketh his standeth. Take heed. By looking at these examples of the people that fell. You now know how not to fall. You now know how to stand. You now know how to please God. Because somebody made a mistake. So that you will be able to do the right thing. Now if you say you don't understand it. Let's go to the verse number 13. The verse number 13 says. There has no temptation taking you. But such as is common to man. Wherefore let he that thinketh he standeth. Take heed lest he fall. Because there is no temptation that has taken you, but such as has come unto man. Take heed, so that in the event of a problem, there is a way of escape. So when God said, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed. What he's saying is that everybody that thinks you are standing, take heed unto these examples. Take heed to the way of escape. Take heed to the means of survival so that in the event of a temptation, you can survive it. You can overcome it. It is not saying don't be sure of your salvation. It is not saying don't be sure you are standing. And as I speak to you today, I pray that God will let the confidence that was in you from the beginning. May this confidence be in you in the name of the Lord Jesus. The fact that somebody fell doesn't mean you will fall. The fact that somebody went into temptation and collapsed doesn't mean you cannot survive. I pray that by the spirit, you shall survive. 
Because it is not by might and it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord, and the flesh profiteth nothing, and it is the spirit that quickens, and the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. May the Holy Ghost take over your mind and take over your body and take over your spirit. So he's saying, if any man thinks he stands, let him take heed. Let him take heed of the examples that went ahead of him. That because of those examples, he will stand. And number two, let him take heed of the fact that there is no temptation that has taken you by such as is common to man. Look, turn to somebody, speak pidgin English. Tell the person, wait till man no see before. Sometimes the, the way the devil gets you is when he tells you that this your temptation is not common. Ha! This thing, oh, it's a different thing. And then you are now walking about feeling special because you are going through special temptation. There's no temptation that is special. And then when people are talking to you, tell them, I am in this soup. I understand what I'm going through. I listen. Waiting. Man no see before. Oh, the problem is, you see, if you had the kind of wife I have, you will know what I'm talking about. If you had the kind of husband I have, you will know what. Waiting. Hey, the wife I'm married to is Jezebel. Waiting, man, no see before. Jezebel had a husband. His name was Ahab. And if you check the scriptures, their marriage was good. No, if you want, go to the Bible and check the Jezebel in the Bible. That marriage was good, man. They killed together. They stole together. They lied together. So if your wife is bad and you cannot beat her, join her. Oh, if you, are, if you had the kind of husband I have, you would know what I'm talking about. What did man not see before? Then they say, oh, that woman is not marrying because she has the spirit of Jezebel and we are taking her through deliverance. We are binding the spirit of Jezebel that is not allowing her to marry. Are you sure Jezebel's spirit doesn't marry? The Jezebel in the Bible had a husband. And his name was Ahab. So it is likely that if your wife is Jezebel, your name is Ahab. Therefore, if you've married that woman more than one week, if you marry her more than one week, because my Bible says if a man is joined to a harlot, the two are one flesh. So even if you sleep with that wife for even one day, if she has the Jezebel spirit, you have the Ahab spirit. There's no way you can sleep with that Jezebel for even one day and she has not imparted something to you. How do we even know that she didn't receive the impartation from you? That woman was not like that from her father's house. You made her like that. You married a woman and transferred your spirit into her and the spirit now multiplied in the woman. Am I talking to somebody? Oh, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know. Then you are in America and you are going through difficulties. Ah, you, your case is different. 
you have education you have this you have this that is why things are not difficult for you but i'm going through some special problem now anytime the devil wants to destroy you one of the first things he will convince you is that this your problem is a special problem so you begin to think you need special attention the pastor must call you 10 times a week to check on how your temptations and trials are treating you oh and i'm going through a special problem now you want to become special case you want to be in the church and be in isolation unit in the church special attention or have a special problem handle with care highly fragile handle with caution some of you right behind you don't touch me don't touch me because i'm carrying a special problem and, 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 and so they don't rebuke them they don't correct them they don't do anything to them no matter how careless they become in life nobody should talk because they have a special problem when we were students there was this soap we used to use to bath they called that soap don't touch me how many of you remember that soap <laughs> ah then you have been poor before <laughs> and there are some of you who have become don't touch me nobody can touch you in the church nobody can say anything you are just walking there don't touch me and the devil tells you as for this demon you need three months deliverance you must go to africa and go to the achia mountains this your demon until you go to achia mountains for three months you cannot be delivered from it listen to me stand here and tell yourself i am climbing no mountains i'm standing right here in my church my pastor doesn't have to be some special prophet but man of God, stand here, speak the word only, and I shall be delivered from this demon. I don't need any special deliverance. Do you know you could be sitting here and you've been married for 12 years, no child in your marriage, and without any deliverance, by the speaking of the word, I can say, next year by this time, you'll be carrying a baby, and next year by this time, so shall it be. The devil is a liar. And many of us are struggling in the flesh. But Jesus said the flesh profits nothing. Climbing a mountain is in the flesh. They tell you, oh, this one you have to pray hard. I believe in prayer, but pray hard. I know you can pray hard about the salvation of souls. Evangelism. Global revival. The power of God moving across the face of the earth for people to be saved. But to pray hard because you need a job. Hmm. There you exercise your faith. To pray hard because you need accommodation. When birds have nests and foxes have holes. Without intercession. And Jesus said, take no thought for yourself saying, what shall we eat or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Even the birds of the air and the foxes of the, of the, of the forest. And he said, your heavenly father, has, the Gentiles need these things. And your heavenly father knows that you have need of them. He said, if you want them, let me give you the formula. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now listen. The flesh is anything unbelievers do. And believers also do. That's the flesh. So when you go to work. And unbelievers are also working. It's a flesh. Your blessing cannot depend on that. 
Your blessing has got a secret account. That is why Paul said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That account cannot be accessed by unbelievers. Unbelievers cannot draw from that account. That account is reserved for believers who are walking in obedience. May God open the secret treasures. The Bible calls them secret riches in dark places and secret riches and treasures in hidden places. Unbelievers don't access it. When unbelievers write a check into that account, the check will bounce. That check knows only one signature. The blood of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Uh, somebody come and clap your hands and praise. There has no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. Listen, there is no test you have ever gone through in life which God did not know you can handle. And I scarcely see engineers have done a bridge and a car moves on it and the bridge collapsed. No. They test the strength. They know it. They measure it. They assess it. And by the time they finish that bridge, you see all kinds of trucks moving on the bridge and the bridge is still standing. Why? The manufacturers of the bridge or the builders of the bridge took into consideration the fact that this bridge will be tested by heavy trucks carrying heavy goods and then they made the bridge same way when God designed you he put some strength in you when God called you he gave you some amount of grace and he said my grace is sufficient for you my strength is made perfect in your weakness therefore no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn it. Therefore, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Therefore, by your God, you shall run through the truth. And by your God, you shall leap over the wall. Therefore, a thousand shall fall on your side and ten thousand on your right hand. But it shall not hurt you. Therefore, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Therefore, you have overcome the world. Because you are seated together in Christ Jesus in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Therefore, you shall tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Therefore, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for he is with you, his rod and his staff to comfort you. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above you are able? Listen, before the temptation becomes too much, God will cut it off. Listen, God knows how to tell the devil enough. You don't cross this line. Don't go beyond this line. I know the strength of my son, my daughter. Yakabahatakabaya. Rebosye. Can you imagine God is training David to meet Goliath? And God decided to train him with a lion and a bear. And these were not artificial lion and bear. Live one. Real. 
David said, Lord, I thought it was only rehearsal. <laughs> Can you imagine a God who is training you and trains you with live lion? Live bear. But I tell you, if you are going to face Goliath and you don't face a live bear and a live lion, the day you meet Goliath, he will kill you. What you are going through now is preparation. There is something you will face. And bring glory to a nation. Bring glory to a kingdom. Bring glory to a continent. Bring glory to a people. And you must understand that this phase of your life is preparing you for the unprecedented. The unprecedented test with an unprecedented triumph. That is what God is preparing you for. But when you are in the flesh, you keep shouting. I'm dead. Jesus. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. Listen, what you are going through now, God knows you can handle it. If you couldn't, you will not be going through this. So, you see, you don't have to fornicate. You don't have to commit adultery. You don't have to lie. You don't have to steal. Grace is given to you for where you are. Grace is given to you. Whether you are working, you are not working. You've lost your job. Something strange is happening to you. Grace is given. You are single for a long time. You are not yet married. Sometimes in your body, you are like, how do I satisfy my sexual needs? Grace is given. Go to the people who are married. Some of them, although they are getting the sex in the marriage, the other problems that come in the marriage, they wish they were free like you. Everybody has got his own trouble in the world. <laughs> I wish everybody could be open to be talking about their problems. In fact, you will keep yours like that. And thank God and say, Lord, I thank you. This is my own. <laughs> I just keep it like that. I tell you, everybody and their own trials, everybody and their own temptations, everybody and their own difficulties. But it only says that God will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. But he will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape. There is no plane without emergency exit. There is no car without a door you can escape. There is no temptation without a way of escape. Any trial, any temptation, God has made a way of escape. You will escape this one too. You will overpower this one too. You will overcome this one too. I remember the time you escaped. I remember the time you were victorious. I remember the time you had victory. I remember the day you overcame the lion and the bear. And you shall overcome Goliath also. I remember the time when you were going through something. And you thought that was the end of your life. But God delivered you. I remember the time when you had a certain sickness. And a doctor said, there is no way you can be healed. But God delivered you. I remember that time. I remember your victories of yesterday. Day. and I know that the God who delivered will deliver you now and in the future shall deliver I remember the time when you thought you could not cross the waters but through the waters he was with you and through the fires he was with you and I tell you this one too he is with you he will stand by you you will overcome this one too come and clap your hands and shout it you will overcome it but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profiteth nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Anytime we win the war against the flesh, 
it should not surprise us. What should surprise us is when we lose the, the war. I will explain. For example, if I came into this building and it's dark and I switch on the lights and the lights come on, do I get surprised? If you turn on the lights and the lights come on, do you get surprised? No. The reason you don't get surprised is because you know that light is superior to darkness. So why is it that anytime you overcome sin, you are surprised? Why is it that anytime you overcome the flesh, you are surprised? Anytime you see a Christian who is holy, you get shocked. Hey, he's done well. He's so holy and so pure. I'm really shocked that somebody can be holy and pure. It's just like getting shocked when you see light and the light is bright. What should surprise us is the way we are able to sin. How come a new creature can still be sinful like this? A new creature sinning is like if you see a goat eating with fork and knife. Or you see a human being eating grass like a cow. I'm sure if you, if you see a goat eating with fork and knife, you are going to go, wow. In the same way, a sinner cannot live the holy life we live. Now, in the same way, people, anytime you sin, it should shock you. Look, I can't believe I brought myself this low. When you live a life where one month you can't remember a sin you should confess, that is normal Christian living. You are normal Christian. Why? You have not sinned. You have not done unrighteousness. Because this is what you were born for. This is what you were made for. And it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh does not profit anything. And people, we should not be living by the flesh. We should be living by the spirit. And the spirit is superior to the flesh. Somebody clap your hands. One day Jesus made a profound statement. Matthew 26 verse 41. Watch and pray. That you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is. Whenever people read this. What they mean is that. The spirit wanted to pray. But the flesh is weak. In the sense that it didn't want to pray. Now the question is. How come the thing that was weak. Overcame the thing that was strong. Jesus was saying this thing is abnormal. If the spirit is willing. Then the spirit should have overcome the flesh. Which is not willing. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. So what Jesus is saying is that. Then your flesh should not have overcome your spirit. Because the spirit is superior to the flesh. Somebody put your hand on your belly and say my spirit, my spirit is, superior is superior to my flesh. You have to understand that the spirit is superior to the flesh. Okay. Spirit is superior. To the flesh. Genesis chapter 4 verse 7. God is talking to Cain. And he said. If thou doest well. Shall thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well. Sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. Sin is lying at your door. Unto you shall be his desire. And you shall rule over him. That means you have strength over sin and temptation. Look at Paul. First Corinthians 9. 26 to 27. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep 
under my body and bring it into subjection lest by any means when i have preached unto others i myself should become a castaway so paul is saying i keep under my body and i bring it under subjection listen you can control your body you can bring it under subjection from today may you get to that place anything you don't want to do you will not do it and anything you want to do you will do it stop living your life by going in any direction the devil wants you to go you can talk to your body and your body will do what you want it to do that this body you are the temple of the holy ghost that this body you are for holiness and purity that this body you cannot do this and you cannot do this that means this body you are for signs and wonders this body is dedicated to god this body is committed to god somebody shout an amen because you are discovering the life of victory this is the life of victory don't say something and say i didn't know what i was saying i did not know what i was saying i didn't know what i was doing before I realized I had done it. Somebody can commit a whole act of adultery or fornication. One hour. When you ask them, they say, I don't know what came over me. <coughs> One hour. Or 30 minutes activity. You don't know what came over you. Oh, before I, before I realized, I had fallen. Huh? You are sure? I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Lest by any means, when I preach unto others, I myself should become a castaway. The man is showing us how to live a spiritual life. Romans chapter 8, the verse number 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by his spirit. Isaiah 59 verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord. From the west and his glory from the rising of the sun when the enemy shall come in like a flood the spirit of the lord shall raise up a standard against him when the enemy shall come in like a flood the spirit of the lord shall raise up a standard against him everybody say the spirit is superior to the flesh the christians will tell you that man is a spirit he has a soul and he lives in a body. So if man is a spirit. He has a soul and lives in a body. How come the body is controlling man like that? As far as I'm concerned. I live in the house. The house does not live in me. The house has never controlled what I eat. So why is your body determining the level of your prosperity or blessing? Why is the body determining? Look, I live in a house. The lies have never gone off by themselves. Because I live in the house. The house does not live in me. So I am the one who puts up the light. How come your eyes close when you don't want them to close? I turn on the taps in the house. They don't run by themselves. How come your mouth leaks when you don't want to talk? Oh, we're just talking and something came up and I also said something. May you take charge of your life by the Holy Ghost. May your spirit begin to be in charge. It is wrong for this body to determine where your spirit goes. And then we quote, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. God dwells in us. We, we are the temple of God. And yet, 
Your body is now leading the Holy Spirit. But I see you in victorious living. I see you anointed, powerful, wise, intelligent, knowledgeable, full of understanding. Is the robot I just want your spirit to experience that victory. The Lord, my spirit is an overcomer. I, I, I receive that overcoming spirit. My spirit is stronger than my body. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes in life, the reason why you fail is because you are trying too hard. When you are trying too hard to please God, you rather end up messing up everything. Conscious of the fact that you are about to fall. Too conscious about the fact that sin is coming. Too conscious about the fact that the devil is coming. Too conscious about the fact that something is about to attack you. And you are doing all your best. And most of the struggle is in the flesh. But the Bible said it's not by might. It's not by power. You see somebody is discouraged. Instead of the person bowing down, they get to say, Lord, I'm discouraged. I don't know what to do again. God, take over. You see them rather. There's no discouragement in me. No discouragement. So who are you deceiving? Because the one you are praying to can see your heart. So Jesus prays a simple prayer. My God, my God, why has that forsaken me? Next minute he said, Father, into thy hands, commend my spirit. Simple prayer. Oh, if it was us, we will quote from the Psalms. Quote from Proverbs. Quote from Habakkuk. If God is not understanding, we will quote from Zechariah. <laughs> Tell somebody about you. Keep it simple. The flesh profits nothing. Look at a storm. 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 Everything was shaking. Water was coming into the boat. The disciples ran to Jesus with a strong prayer. Master. Carest thou. Not that we perish. He woke up from sleep. Looked at them. He said, what? He got up, looked at the storm. And you saw, you heard that prayer. Peace. Be still. Because the man knew that it's not by might. And it's not by power. But by my spirit. Listen, you will leave this building today. And a spirit of holiness will come upon you like a garment. A prayer mantle will come upon you that tomorrow morning you just get up and flow into prayer, flow into worship. Some of you have been struggling to preach even one simple good message. After today, the word of God will lodge itself in your spirit. Something is about to happen to somebody tonight in the name of Jesus. The flesh profits nothing, it is the spirit that quickens. Sometimes God sends a preacher. To a sinner who wants who has to be saved, like Zacchaeus. Somebody said, But Pastor, why are you in town? The Lord just spoke to me and said, I sent you into this place for people who are tired. They are tired, they are exhausted trying to do right, they are exhausted trying to live. And I sent you into town to tell them I want to help them. By my spirit, I want to help them. I want to give them rest. 
you cannot try in the flesh to preach. You cannot try in the flesh to pray. You cannot try in the flesh to be holy. You cannot try in the flesh to be a worshiper. Why? God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Lift up your hands and commit yourself to him. Somebody say this after me, Holy Spirit. The flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that quickens. I quit struggling with the flesh and struggling in the flesh. I surrender to the Holy Spirit. Amen.